And then the word of the Lord came again, you see, and said to him, Hey, Elisha, get up, go to Sarephath. Do you notice how God is directing? May God help us understand this. Look how he's directing. He's speaking to him. How does God speak to us today? In an audible voice? No. He speaks to me through the word of God. That's how God speaks. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We are delighted to have you with us today for Raul's continuing study of 1 Kings. Exploring the prophet Elijah's early days of ministry, you'll be inspired to consider how God might use you to build his kingdom. Stay with us here on Somebody Loves You Radio to see that like Elijah, you're living in an area of rampant rebellion against God. But as you seek His wisdom, He can direct you to make an eternal impact in His name. Today's study will come from 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 8. Here's Raul Reese. And then the 26th year of Asa, the king of Judah, Elah, the son of Basha, became king over Israel and reigned two years in Tisra. And now his servant Semri, commander of half his chariots, conspired against him. There was a plot as he was in Tisra, drinking himself drunk in the house of Azra, steward of his house in Tisra. And Simri went in and struck him and killed him in the 27th year of Asa, king of Judah, and reigned in his place. He just took over the kingdom. And then it came to pass when he began to reign. As soon as he was seated in his throne, that he killed all the house of Basha. You killed all the loved ones and friends so nobody can rise to the throne. He did not leave him one male, neither in his relatives nor his friends. And thus Samri destroyed all the household of Basha according to the word of the Lord which he spoke against Basha by Jehu the prophet. Whatever God said in the past prophetically, God fulfilled it. Not one word fell to the ground. Everything was fulfilled, just like God said. Verse 13. For all the sins of Basha and the sins of Elah, his son, by which they had made Israel to sin in provoking the Lord God of Israel to anger with their idols. There is their sin. And now the rest of the acts of Elah and that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles? Yes, they are. Yes, he keeps repeating it. Verse 15. And then in the 27th year of Asa, king of Judah, Simri had reigned in Tisra seven days. Notice, only seven days of glory, and that's the end. This is the shortest reign. And the people were encamped against Gizathon, which belongs to the Philistines. And now the people who were encamped heard it said, Simri has conspired and also has killed the king. So all Israel made Omri, the commander of the army, notice the general, the commander made him king over Israel that day in the camp. And then Omri and all Israel with him went up to Gibbethon and they besieged Tisra. And it came to pass when Simri saw that the city was taken, that he went into the side tail of the king's house, burned the king's house down upon himself with fire and died. He committed suicide. So here's 
a guy committing suicide in the Old Testament because of the sins which he had committed in doing evil in the sight of the Lord in walking in the way of Jeroboam in his sin in which he had committed to make Israel to sin. And now the rest of the acts of Simri and the treason he committed, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles and the Kings of Israel? Verse 21. And then the people of Israel were divided into two parts. Here's another division. The north and the south divided. Now he's another division. He says they divided two parts and a half. The people followed Timni, the son of Ginnath, to make him king and half follow Amri. So there were two divisions. But the people who follow Amri prevail over the people who follow Timni, the son of Ginnath. And so Timni died and Amri reigned. He's eliminated him and he reigned. Notice these guys are evil. Verse 23. And then in the 31st year of Asa, king of Judah, Amri became king over Israel and reigned for 12 years. Six years he reigned over Tisra. And then he bought the hill of Samaria from Shemer, the two talents of silver, and he built on it on the hill and called the name of the city which he built Samaria after the name of Shemer, owner of the hill. Now this is now where the northern kingdom of Israel established their kingdom, their capital. Later on you will see when God comes to judge the northern kingdom of Israel, what will happen is that God will use Assyria to come after 160 years of God sending prophets to them and they would not repent in living idolatry and doing everything possible to sin against God. That God gets fed up and now He brings judgment upon them. The Assyrians come and what they do is they, they not only destroy the northern kingdom of Israel, take them into captivity, but the remnant that is left in, in Samaria, what they do is they begin to intermarriage. In a Syrian, with a what? A Jewish woman. And what happens between the, uh, the Assyrian and the Jewish woman from the north becoming husband and wife, they have a child, and the child now becomes a half-breed. You see? What do they call them? Samaritans. And the Samaritans, what? They not like the Jews. We'll see that later on in history. It's pretty amazing when you see that here. So the capital city of Samaria now. And then what else? Verse 25. And Omri did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and did worse than all that were before him. Notice that. Worst. For he walked in all the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and in his sin, by which he had made Israel to sin, provoking the Lord God of Israel to anger because of their idols. And now the rest of the acts of Omri, which he did, and the might that he showed, are uh, they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? And so Omri rested with his father and was buried in Samaria. And then Ahab, his son, reigned in his place. And listen, Ahab is the worst of worst. You'll see that in a moment. He's going to deal with Elijah in a moment. Verse 29. And in the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, the son of Omri, became king over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. Notice that. And now Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all those who were before him. And it came to pass, here is his downfall. And it came to pass as though it had been travail thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, that he went ahead on top of that, and he took a wife by the name of Jezebel. 
Remember Jezebel? Here she is. The daughter of Ebel, king of the Sidonians. And he went and served, notice, Baal and worshiped him. Check this out. Ahab became the king of the north. His wife comes along, gets married to him. They become husband and wife. And what does she do? Be not only equally yoked together with an unbeliever, she takes the worship of Baal and brings it to Israel and introduces all of Israel to the worship of Baal. And all Israel becomes worshipers of Baal because of that woman. You see, he got affected by his wife. She was a heathen, total heathen. And she introduced Baal worship all the way through. Verse 32. And then he set up an altar for Baal. The temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. Notice that. He even built a temple for him. And Elisha is going to come. And Elisha is going to deal with all the prophets of Baal. And it's going to be cool. Because Elisha is a prophet of God. And then Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did, here it is, did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all of the kings of the north. He's the worst of all who were before him. And in his days, he held of Bethel, built Jericho, and he laid his foundation in Abiram, his firstborn, and with his youngest son, Segu, he set up his gates according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken to Joshua, the son of Nun. And so here is a little insight to us concerning the prophecy that was before us here, that this is what exactly what's even happened today. You know, there's probably 200 Samaritans today in the land. And here now, Ahab is coming in, introducing Baal worship, building a temple for them, calling everybody to come and worship Baal. And then the Lord Jehovah God is totally forgotten by the people. As they begin to worship an idol that is created by the hands of men. And God hates that. Watch this. Chapter 17 verse 1. Now we get into the good stuff. And then Elijah, out of nowhere Elijah comes. Out of nowhere. Remember that Elijah, the Tishbite, there's Elijah and Elijah. Okay, don't confuse them. This is Elijah. The one that they said that John the Baptist, remember John the Baptist, are you Elijah? Or who are you? Because he was like John the Baptist, was like Elijah. He was not only a godly man, but he was a prophet of God. That God raised up for such a time as this. Because the nation needed it. God needed a prophet to come. Not only to call fire from heaven. But to stop the actual rains from the heavens. To deal with 400 prophets of Baal. A person that could pray for people. And they could be healed. And even brought back from the dead. You're going to see that. So Elisha will become a very important factor here. But also in the future. What do you mean? Because in the book of Revelation in chapter 11. When he talks about the two prophets coming, remember, there are two prophets that are going to be coming. When we see in the Mount of uh, Transfiguration in Matthew 17, where Peter is in, they're up in Mount Hermon area. And Jesus is there with them, with Peter, James, and John. And Jesus is transfigured into the future in this beautiful heavenly body. And Moses, remember, Moses is there. And who is there? And Elijah is there too. Remember that? They're there. We believe that Elijah 
is going to be one of the two witnesses coming back because even in the book of Malachi chapter 4 he has mentioned that he's coming again. Elisha is going to come. When the Jews have passed over today, even today, they leave an empty chair and you ask him, why is that empty chair there? He says, for Elisha when he comes to have dinner with us. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're here to help you thrive in a strong relationship with God. Give us a call at 800-634-9165. You'll also find us at somebodylovesyou.com. For convenient access to all of our Bible-based resources, download our free app. Now back to the final part of our lesson from 1 Kings. Elijah will be one of the two prophets that will come. The other one, it is believed, either Moses or Enoch. Why? Because there are two people that never died in the Bible. That's right, two people never died. Elijah, this one, and the second one was who? Enoch. Enoch never died. He went out for a walk and never came back. God took him home. And they're both like a type of the rapture of the church. This is going to be cool because when Elijah disappears... They're so worried about him that they send out a search party to see if he's found somewhere else. And they never found him. God took him to heaven. And that's where Elisha picks up and the anointing goes on him. And now he becomes the prophet of the nation. But here is Elisha. Tremendous story. Let's read it. He says, And Elisha the Tishvathite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before who I stand There shall not be dew nor rain these three years except at my word. Can you imagine? He just shows up. And he rebukes the king. Like, hey, who do you think you are, king? I come to you in the name of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you right now, God is not going to send rain because of your sin. Verse 2, look. And then the word of the Lord came to him, saying... Get away from here and turn eastward. As soon as he prophesied, the Spirit of the Lord came to him and said, Elijah, you're going on a little R&R. You're getting out of here because they're not going to kill you. So God talks to him. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide in the brook of Chariot. And it will be that you will drink from the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now can you imagine that? God says to him, Elijah, I want you to go out to the desert. And there's a little brook of water there. And guess what? I'm going to feed you. You don't have to worry. The birds will come and feed you. Because you are my prophet. And so he went. And did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook of Cherith. Which is flows into the Jordan. And then the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. And bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. You say, wait a minute. I don't believe this. I can't believe this. Well... The Bible says it happened. There was a miracle in China years ago. It was said of a prisoner in China that was taken in the communist church and put in prison in isolation without any food, just water. In testimony really written that these rats would come and bring him bread. The rats would bring him bread. That's how he survived. Can God do such miracles today? You bet. He can do whatever He wants to do. The greatest miracle that God does today is what? The new birth. People getting saved. But at the same time, people get healed from cancer. People get healed from leukemia. 
People get healed from colds and headaches, different things. You see? So God is still on the throne and God is still working miracles and wonders just like He is in the old days in the Old Testament. The ravens came and fed Him. Look how awesome this is. He says, and then it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no more rain. I mean, He called a judgment so He forfeited Himself. So here He is in the world and there's no water. Do you panic as a prophet? Of course not. Watch this, verse 8. And then the word of the Lord came again, you see, and said to him, Hey, Elisha, get up, go to Sarephi. Do you notice how God is directing? May God help us to understand this. Look how He's directing. He's speaking to him. How does God speak to us today? In an audible voice? No. He speaks to me through the word of God, through the Bible. That's how God speaks. We wait, we pray upon the Lord, and then He gives direction. Here, God is directing the prophet every step of the way. I want you to go now from the desert all the way up to Sidon, all the way to Lebanon now. I want you to go up there. See that I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. I have a widow already prepared that is going to take care of you in Lebanon. So he got up, notice obedient. He went to Seraphat. He went and he came to the gate of the city, and indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, just as God said. God is directing him the whole way, just like the Ethiopian, just like every person in the Old Testament and the New Testament, how God directed them. Notice that. And indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me also a morsel of bread in your hand. And so she said, As the Lord your God lives. Notice that. I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in the bin. And a little of oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Hey, there's a famine, we're all going to die, and all we have is for me and my son, we don't even have enough for you. And what is he saying to her? Hey, why don't you step up by faith, and take what you have, give it to me, and God will supply you and your son. That's what God desires. Watch this, verse 13. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. You notice what he's teaching here? God first, not you first. God first. Whenever we give anything to God, God first. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Wow. Hey, listen, woman, because if you put God first, God will provide you until the rain comes. You don't have to worry about it. Notice her obedience. And so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. And then the bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. This happened to us in Peru many years ago with Ethereal, my father-in-law. We were in Peru, and we were way out in the Bunizuna pastor's conference with a bunch of Indians. And 
they were cooking up this yuca. I don't know if you ever eat yuca. Yuca is a plant, a root. And they had rice. And in the morning for breakfast, yuca. Lunch, yuca. Dinner, yuca. We had yuca coming out of our nostrils and ears, man, for two weeks. But you know what happened? About the fifth day, the barrel was running low to feed over 500 people. And you know what those Indian pastors did? They gathered around and they prayed. And listen, we had enough for the two weeks. The Lord provided. A miracle happened. So not only do I read these things, but I have seen in my own eyes, that God does work when we trust Him. And we do not fear, just like God says. Why? Because it's according to the word of the Lord, which He spoke to Elijah. God speaks to us through His word. Now it happened, after these things, that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. Can you imagine after God blesses you, all of a sudden your son dies? You say, hey, wait a minute. I thought you said God loved me. I thought you said God blessed me. So, hey, listen. Even right on people, righteous people do suffer. And we go through trials and temptations and different things. Here's the situation. Watch what happens. So she said to Elijah, Hey, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin in remembrance and to kill my son? Is this something from my past that I'm being judged for? And he said to her, Hey, look, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, laid him on his own bed. And then notice Elijah cried out to the Lord God and said, O Lord my God, notice, have you also brought tragedy on the widow to whom I lodged by killing her son? I mean, he's praying that prayer. And then he stretched himself upon the child. You know what he did? He laid on top of the child three times. He laid down once, he got up, he laid down twice. And then the third time, notice what he says. And he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Now check this out. His soul is gone and his soul comes back. An out of body experience. Look right here in the Bible. Watch this. And then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. Wow. You know what? That gives me reassurance that God hears my voice. God hears your voice when you pray. Here he is praying to God. What does he say? And the Lord heard his voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. A resurrection in the Old Testament. Elijah and the widow both provide us with inspiring examples of faith to put into action. And we hope that as you've been listening today, you've been motivated to honor the Lord with your life. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To hear today's message again in its entirety, call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching from 1 Kings chapters 15 through 17. We'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. We'd also like to offer you Raul's book titled Sin, The Root of All Evil. It's a go-to guide for establishing habits of obedience and submission. You'll see that small spiritual compromises can cause significant stumbling blocks in your walk with God. But when you genuinely repent, He can lead you back to fruitful paths of righteousness. 
To order Rawls' life-shaping book titled Sin, The Root of All Evil, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your copy for a donation of $8 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that's 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry. Our funding comes from generous partners like you, and we want to thank you for your tax-deductible gifts. Join us next time as we return to 1 Kings for an empowering look at the extraordinary stand Elijah made against an evil king. You'll see that when you allow God to replace your fear with faith, He can work through you to accomplish mighty things in His name. Now with a final comment from today's teaching, here's Rawl. And then Elijah took the child and he brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him back to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. Can you imagine what an incredible miracle that was? But at the same time, think of how God, how God is so loving, so kind, so graceful to give this child back to his mother. Why? Because this mother and child were faithful to the Lord. They loved the Lord. They obeyed the voice of God. And Elisha was sent to them as a blessing, not as a cursing. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth is truth. See, she had conversion. She believed in the Jehovah God of who? Of Elijah, and believed that Elijah was sent by God to her. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.